Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host today, Adam Chop, and today with me is Evan Turner with Innovate Martial Arts out of Jackson and Bordentown, New Jersey. Evan, how's it going, man? Uh, amazing, man. Thank you guys so much for having me today. Absolutely. The pleasure is all mine. I'm super excited to kind of learn about, you know, your story and what you're doing with everything. So with that being said, go ahead and give our listeners a, a little background on yourself, you know, your experiences, you know, what led you to this point to get into the industry and eventually open up your facilities. Awesome. Well, like many uh, uh, kids, I was in, in always uh, engulfed with Michelangelo, Donatello, Leonardo, Raphael, and every single Power Ranger known to man. So I actually started martial arts when I was three years old, thanks to, you know, powers that be. My, I got kicked out of uh, uh, daycare because I thought I was a Power Ranger and I hit a kid and I got kicked out of daycare. So at that point in time, my parents said, all right, well, it's time to get into martial arts. So I got enrolled in martial arts when I was three years old. I've had the privilege of competing and traveling the world uh, as a competitor, won uh, 11 world titles in, in, the, in our realm of competition, sponsored one time by like Gatorade and Pepsi at, at a point in time in my career. Um, it was a great opportunity, so I've been uh, doing that. And then about age 13, 14, uh, I had to make a decision between either doing sports and playing baseball, and then my uh, martial arts school actually offered me an opportunity to teach and make make money, and I got my first paycheck for 100 bucks. And after that, I was sold. I was like, this is what I want to do. I get to beat the people in my pajamas all day and get paid for it. There's nothing better than that. So I started teaching when I was about 13, 14 years old. I kind of was in – I was based out of Orlando, Florida, so I grew up as a Disney brat. Uh, from there, I moved to Atlanta for a little bit, uh, taught there at another location, back to Orlando, where I was running a, a location for an owner of mine. And then uh, our shopping center ended up getting sold. So I had to make a decision to move, ended up moving to San Antonio, Texas. I lived there for about eight years. Um, I was operating one location. And eventually, by the end of it, I was the city director, which I was in charge of all five locations at that time that we had there. Uh, and at that point in time, I was making a lot of money for someone else. Uh, and now my, my, my now wife, you know, we were just sitting there like, man, I just want something more. I want something more. And an opportunity came about to come to New Jersey and uh, a, a really good instructor that I've known for many, many years uh, who is looking to kind of like offset. He's kind of getting ready for retirement and there's an opportunity to buy out a location. So my wife and I made the crazy decision to move all the way to the highest, you know, one of the highest paying tax places in the world and move from San Antonio, Texas with no state tax. They move all the way to New Jersey, which everyone thought we were crazy. And uh, we took over our location at that time, which about 40 active members. It was doing about $12,000 a month in, in revenue a month. And uh, within the first year, we took it from you know 40 members to just under 150, averaging just around 25,000 a month. So it was a, it was a great opportunity. And uh, now with a, a one-year-old and we have an adopted son, my nephew, who we adopted, uh, we at that same time going through the process of uh, having a baby, we decided to open a second location, crazy enough. So we had two babies in one year. We opened a new location plus our official daughter. So, and that's where we're at present day now. Man, congrats. That's amazing. You know, it's like <laughs> Thank you. getting rewards. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it was, a, it was a journey for sure. Awesome. I appreciate that story. Um, you know, uh, what would you say, you know, just, just a quick context question here. What would you say was the biggest you know, decision factor in, you know, making that jump, you know, you said that you were making a lot of and stuff, but like, where was it when you're like, I need to be my own boss? 
So a lot of it came down to a couple of things. I, I mean, at the time I was 25-ish, I think I want to say. Uh, again, I was operating director of, of the city. I mean, I was making just under 100000 at 25. I mean, that's great money. And, and I created a legacy there where I could kind of teach, you know, when I wanted to. I created, I had a nice little bench strength and I was bouncing around helping out other locations. Um, and it just came to a point where, you know, we always talk about three things that we want in life sometimes are money, time, and recognition. And it's either time from or time to. And um, I was getting those things. But at the same time, I just felt that this was not mine. Uh, at that time, I, my then uh, instructor slash boss was making some changes as far as the curriculum in which we were teaching. And I, at that point in time, I've been in the industry for so long in, in martial arts since I was three. I started having a, a different viewpoint on what it is that I wanted to teach. And I knew that as far as business I can never compete and, and know as much of what he has known. But as a martial artist, I started understanding that, hey, I, I have a, a different viewpoint on the way I would teach this or what I would want my students to learn and what's the requirements that I would want to create for a student to earn to the next rank, things like that. So I knew the moment I started disagreeing with some of the instructing and the martial arts concept, I knew it was time to step out on my own. And that was probably one of the biggest deciding factors. Um, and, you know, who wouldn't want to have their own when you could add something? And I knew I could take what what strong values that I and, and bases that I built from that organization and take it and continue doing it. And just, again, we went with the name Innovate Martial Arts because we didn't want to recreate the real. It's taking something that's been there and just putting a different twist to it and doing it a little bit differently. And that's what we want to do. We want to take what was already there as a strong core and then innovate it just a little bit, add some cool things to it. And uh, now we're, we're rocking and rolling. There you go. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's hard to agree with everything when you're like you, you just know in your heart that's like this is not the way that i want to go or yeah, i have a different viewpoint so it's it's oh definitely it's and, and luckily for me i've kept, I kept a great relationship with all those guys and, and all the people that i worked with and you know so to this day my instructor i have nothing but the utmost respect they're getting ready to celebrate their 30 year uh anniversary of that business so i'm mean, even probably gonna head back and uh check them out and just say hello yeah awesome always gonna keep those good relationships yes uh so you mentioned you know uh you open up a second location um and the other one was right around 25k a month 140 members where does each of your locations currently stand now as they sit definitely all right so um i got some numbers here just to go I, i'm a numbers fanatic so i go crazy over this stuff um so last year uh with our our main location which is our jackson school which we operate not only, our, of course, our, our main base is our Taekwondo program, but we also offer summer camps, which is a big thing for us, and after school program, as well as our fitness kickboxing, which is our zone for kickboxing. Um, so as of last year, our Jackson School did just around 524, so we averaged about 43 a month, and that was around 170 active members. Our board and town location, which was only one year old now, um, it was it was an existing school that never got started. It was actually a jiu-jitsu school that I found for sale on Facebook Market of all places, which is nuts when you think about it um yeah so i was scrolling through facebook market at like you know 2 a.m like everyone does just to see what people are selling and i saw a guy selling mats so i reached out like hey are the mats for sale what's going on and he explained to me that it's a uh startup he was just getting ready to get started then you know just couldn't do it anymore so he said everything was for sale so i just went in and literally met with the landlord and we just took over as is turnkey ready uh with zero active members we turned it into about 70 active members in the first year we did about 77.5, so we averaged just around 6,500 uh, as of last year. But already in January, we've already blown that out the water. So as of last month between the two locations, we did just around uh, 60. So we did 44 here, and we did about 17 at our second location. So we're, uh, the goal, again, this year is we have to average 60 to hit our, our, our 
end all be all goal for the year, which is 720. Nice. Awesome. Um, so, you know, I, I know you touched on a little bit just for our, our con- listeners, you know, exactly, you know, between the two, you know, do they offer the exact same things is one have just a little bit different, um, but kind of explain just everything that you offer inside of the facility, you know, somebody to come into you and they're like, Hey, like, what is this place about? Gotcha. So, uh, our main focus, again, is our Taekwondo background. It's our, our core martial arts program. And we offer that at, at both locations uh, from everywhere from our three-year-old to five, six-year-old class, which we call our Tigers program, into our junior curriculum and adult curriculum, into our advanced belts. And then, we, of course, we have our black belts, uh, which is our core background in our history. So that is offered at both locations. We offer our zone for kickboxing, which is our fitness-based kickboxing, where they actually wear heart rate monitors. Uh, and they can work out and track their their, um, their calories burned and things like that, and their workout zones. Of course, anybody who's familiar with Orange Theory, it was our play on that. Um, along with that, we, we offer summer camps after school program at our Jackson School that we do not offer at our Bordentown location really as of yet, just staffing-wise. And uh, the square footage helps a lot. And we've been in our Jackson School now for just a little over six years. So we've established a great uh, uh, you know community presence, things like that. We actually have uh, one van and two buses that does pick up routes. So we pick up close to 25 kids every single day from school. So uh, that was, it's, it's a whole nother monster that uh, it works really, really well in this community that doesn't work yet in the other one. So uh, between both locations, we offer our, our martial arts, our core programs. Uh, the extracurricular stuff is not really a, a benefit there yet, but hopefully in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. And then which facility did you say is the, is the bigger square footage? Is that the, the Jackson? The Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, the Jackson School. Yep. Awesome. But you're obviously hoping to kind of get some of the extracurriculars rolling as time goes on. Yeah, definitely. So we do a lot of things like parents night out and like, you know, we'll do, you know, mini events. You know, we have a couple's workout coming up, of course, for uh, Valentine's Day. We do mom and me and dad and me classes when, you know, when Father's Day, Mother's Day, things like that. So, <coughs> excuse me. I apologize. Um, so we have a lot of those things. And as far as the, the big income generators, again, the summer camp after school program. We would like to get it started there. Square footage, we'd have to we'd have to take over the space next to us, which is available and has been kind of brought up, but we just don't have the staffing yet uh, yeah. to go that route. Uh, because again, with having a one year old, my daughter, my my wife and I used to be in the school one hundred percent. Now, of course, she's very fortunate enough that she can stay home, and it allows me to kind of go into the business. And but I still want to have a little more freedom, so I'm not bound to one location, you know, twenty four seven. So uh, we haven't took that jump yet. Hopefully, this year we have. You know, the goal we set with that 720 will allow us to actually take on another full-time instructor, which is the goal that we have you know, hopefully by the summertime. Awesome. And do you, do you feel that it's, you know, more or less difficult to find an instructor for your type of facility in your curriculum? Uh, not really. That's the funny thing. So a lot, luckily we're based, a lot of our students, a lot of our instructors are our students right now. So my head instructor that I have, he's actually, he's about to turn 22. He's been with me since he's eight years old back in Texas. So he was a student with me from the time he was eight. Once he graduated high school, he made the transition and moved to New Jersey to work with us full time. Uh, so he's been with me for you know practically his whole life. All of our other part-time instructors and my general manager were all students that were inside the school. So they all grew up in the community, you know, in, in our schools. They went from you know just a basic and uh, uh, everyday student to what we call our legacy members, which are our like our junior training and program, and then they became you know a part-time instructor. So. We have two of them that are getting ready, to, or one of them already graduated college. One of them's getting ready to uh, graduate high school this year, and they're 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 rock stars. They're you know 17, 18, 19 years old, and they are phenomenal instructors on the mat, awesome competitors. 
and hopefully the opportunity presents themselves that they can do this full time uh, and, you know, just with time. But I wouldn't say it's necessarily hard because martial arts is, is pretty generic. Now, our style, of course, we do what's called the uh, ATA or Sangha Martial Arts. So there is some background that is necessary for understanding that. It's not as simple as just going out and hiring anyone who can just come in and teach, you know, this certain move or this certain kick. We want to make sure they have a background in martial arts, although we had have had people transfer over from different styles. And it's just, again, just, and just tweaking their training. Um, but as far as, luckily, we've, we've had a lot of our students become instructors and they just kind of work up the system. So at that point in time, it's, it's an easy rollover. Awesome. Yeah, I know a lot, a lot of gymers say that, you know, depending on the staffing, it's like that's the hardest part is just finding somebody that's willing to work, willing to do the things, especially, you know, COVID hit and everybody's, you know, getting things in left and right. And so it's just it just makes things more difficult. So it's good to hear that, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a, a difficult thing. Um, so diving a little bit more into, you know, now we know a little bit about, you know, your operations, you know, what you do. So kind of talk to us about, you know, what are some things that are in place right now as far as getting those members into the door? So our biggest thing, of course, is always going to be referrals. So we uh, we do Facebook advertisement, which is which is huge for us. We actually use a company called Relentless Market uh, Marketing Media, who uh, they they primarily base on just a lot of martial arts schools, and they're phenomenal. So we get a lot from that. Uh, of course, website leads, things like that. But our main thing is always going to be you know any type of referral, bring your buddy, break a board kind of classes. Uh, we do like a buddy week, or do like a parents night out. They get to bring a friend with them. So a lot of that is going to be that because our our goal is that we want to create a family here, and we don't want anybody a part of our family that you don't trust around your family. So that's the way we that's the way we approach it for our students. So our, our best referrals are always going to come from our happy clients and our and our members. Anybody who's posting on Facebook, posting on. Uh, Google reviews, things like that is always going to be more beneficial than just a broadcast marketing scheme. So that's why our member, our member base tends to stay relatively low and we can offer a high quality and, and we offer a high dollar for that because we keep it so enclosed and we don't let just anyone come in. You know, unfortunately I have turned around students and said, I don't think this is the best fit for your, for your family because maybe they didn't match and, you know, they, you know, they came in with a different vibe and, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have that the confidence to tell a family that said, you know what, maybe we're not the best fit for your family. And that's the way we want to keep it because we want to keep that core structure of our family values so strong. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the law of attraction, you know, you, you attract what you seek and exactly, you know, as, as hard as it is to turn away somebody, you know, you never want to do that, but it's like, sometimes it's more hassle or it's just not the right fit, like you said, and it's just not, exactly. you know, it can, it can mess up the culture or it can just, just make things more difficult, you know, for a lot, for, exactly. for way to say things. So cool. Um, so current member base, you know, you talked about, obviously you want to increase member base. Do you have like a target? I know your numbers guys. So do you have like a target number in mind that you're like, this number is going to allow me to do X, Y, and Z, or this number is going to allow me to bust into that new space or, you know, kind of talk to me about that. So right now in our direct location, like I said, we're operating around, well, when we say operate, when we say our active members, we have about 19 white belts that are trying class right now this month. So we did a big 23 for 23, 23 days of training for $23 was our offer for the new year. So we have a, we have a really good, in our Jackson location, we have about 19 white belts that are trying class right now. So last night we had 17 of them in class in one time. So that class was rocking and booming. Um, as far as active current members in our Jackson school, we're sitting around that 175, 180 mark. And our board town location was sitting around 70 right now. So the goal by summer, we should be at 200 here in our Jacks location. Now that's on, on membership. And then at board town, the goal is for a hundred. Um, so that's that 300 across the board between both locations. That's kind of the, the number we feel of, of with the staffing that we have, that we're hitting all of those numbers consistently. 
And at one point in time, we almost took over what used to be a, uh, a Walgreens building, which was 11,000 square foot. So that was the original goal. We we're going to take over this, this uh, Walgreens building and we we're going to have this Mecca martial arts center. Uh, unfortunately, Dollar Tree came in and, and stole it from us because mm-hmm. their, their pockets are just a little bit deeper. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they ended up coming in and taking it from us. And that's what pushed us to do the second location because we were overstaffed in our one school. So now that's why we took on the second location to kind of spread the staff out who needed an opportunity to grow so that they could step up. So at that school, we, and, and different than most locations, we actually have a rotating instructor core. So each location does not operate with one set staff. Our staff constantly rotates between the two of them. So we create that again, that family environment where they're not getting uh, too comfortable with one person and allows me to go back and forth between the schools. What I would say is I go in as quality control. So I need to go in and make sure each school is operating in a very similar fashion. Students are learning the same material, looking the same, so that the value of the program, no matter what school you're at, is always valuable to, to each person at, on, on site. Versus if I have this all-star instructor over here, and then this really good one over here, I didn't want one set of students to become looking better than the other set. So that's why we created this instructor core that kind of rotates between the two locations. Um, so that's why we feel like over there in Bordentown, sometimes we don't have a full staff. Maybe we're operating with two or three staff members. We're in our Jackson school. We're operating with, you know, three on a consistent basis. So that's why we say a hundred over there for now. And once we get that another full-time instructor, then we'll probably be operating about three staff members per location. And then again, I allowed me to bounce back and forth and just be wherever I'm needed at the time. Yeah. That's kind of cool that you guys do that, you know, that rotating structure. So everybody gets a little piece of the pie versus like, Oh, I just can't make it, you know, on this day or this time. And I love this instructor. So that's, Oh yeah. And, and it helps with the students. The students create, create bonds with everyone versus one affinity with one instructor. So in case, like I said, my, my instructor, Mr. Walls, who, who has been with me forever, if whatever reason he decides to step out and leave and all he's been teaching at one school, all those students are so attached to that one person. Right now he's still going to have an attachment to everyone, but they all say, Hey, well, Mr. Walls not here, but I still have, Mr. Davey or I still have Mr. Pias and they'll, they'll be able to still have a relationship with each and every instructor who comes in and out of that school. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just, um, you said those numbers that you want to hit, is that, did you say by the end of the year or the end of summer? The, the goal is by summertime. And then again, you know, we always have, uh, have nutrition. So attrition, so people always come in and out. So in our industry, typically we say about 10% of your students are going to leave every single month, whether their, their time has expired, they hit the black belt, you know, they achieve their goals. So we, we always look at about a 10% rate that we might be losing people. So the goal is to hit the hit that number active by summertime and then just be able to maintain. The, the end-all, be-all, I think, for our Jackson School, the, the perfect number would be 230-ish. Anything after that, I feel like we're not providing the best service because now our class size is just way too big. We're not able to give that one-on-one attention. We're not able to touch every single student the way that we would like to make sure they feel they're important for the class and they're, they're a part of the school. Where I don't want everyone, anyone to ever just show up and just feel like they're one of 30 kids in the class or one of just another person in the program. We want everyone to have some type of rapport relationship with each of our, not only instructors, but also with, within their classmates. So. Um, Right now, we operate, some of our classes sit around 30 members in a class, which is, it's a big class. That's why we, here at our Jackson School, we always have at least three or four instructors on the mat to make sure that we're able to divide and conquer. So anything outside of that, it's, you know, it's pretty big. So not until we can take on a a bigger location, which unfortunately here in Jackson, New Jersey, there's not a lot of growth as far as like shopping centers and buildings. So, you know, the opportunity maybe presents itself for us to build a building, you know, maybe down the road. But as of now, we're kind of, we got a pizzeria next to us and we got a nail salon next to us. So they're not going anywhere anytime soon. So we're just kind of, 
yeah, we're, we're capped out here with our space. You know, we have really no closet space. My basement has become like our warehouse for all of our, our equipment because we've tried to maximize every square inch that we already have. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think a good thing is because in that way you're not, you're not biting off more than you can chew at any point in time. Correct. Yep. Cool, man. Um, so talk to me a little bit more about numbers with like leads, like how many people, you know, and you said uh, you have the relentless uh, media marketing solutions, right? Yes. So you, well, based, at, based at a, based at a Chandler. Based at a Chandler. Yeah. Look at that. Good old AZ. Uh, um, so leads coming into the door, you know, obviously, you know, you're doing ads and things like that and you're getting people in the door, but you know, like number wise, you know, how many people do you see either on a weekly basis, monthly basis, bi-weekly, you know, kind of, how do you break it down? Um, and with that number, you know, where do you see, you know, where's your conversion rate? So right now with, with, with all based on member leads, we're probably seeing about three to four leads come through as far as, you know, a, a Facebook lead. And then we, they go into our, our funnel system from there. We probably have about a, I'd say a 65% show rate that, you know, that they schedule the program, they show up. Um, the, of course, January, as we know, everyone always gets so motivated with fitness. So it's, it's a little bit higher right now, which, I can say that number to make me feel really good, but the, the truth is we're, we're probably around the 65, 70% show rate um, most of the time. January, we're at like a, I think we're at like a, probably like a 92%, just because everyone is like getting started with the fitness goals. Now, now that it's officially February, that number might drop, who knows? Um, but typically we operate around that 65, 70% uh, show rate from our leads. So on average, we're, we're enrolling because of the way we, our trial system works. We enroll about 14 members a month. But again, we're probably losing four to five based on whatever, you know, moving away, um, you know, someone gets injured or, you know, maybe someone achieved that goal. And they, they hit that black goal. They've been with us for, you know, five, six years. And they say, you know what, it's, maybe it's time to, uh, you know, check out another sport, check out another activity. So those things typically tend to happen. Um, so, again, you know, I, I think for us, the 15 is the number that we want to hit consistently in our Jackson school. Our Bordentown location, it, it sits around eight or so. And if, if we continue to hit those numbers and we're on track to, to do what we need to do. Yeah. Cause I mean, then if you think about it with the attrition and everything, you're, you're roughly netting between nine and 10 new people. Correct. A month. So, yep. yeah. Um, cool. So kind of talk to me a little bit about, you know, like marketing, you know, like what are, you know, like be, be real with me here. What, what are, we're, what are the, what do you think is working? Obviously we talked about the honor system and the referral system, things like that. But as far as like marketing goes, what do you think is working well? And what do you think, you know, isn't quite up to par. So for us, especially, I mean, like you said, we use that relentless stuff. So we get a lot of stuff with them and you know, we try to mix it up. We've done like four weeks for $39. We've done, you know, 10 classes for X, Y, Z. Um, you know, like I said, we're doing the 23 for 23 kind of thing. And that, that worked well. Um, but our, our whole thing is that we want people to completely be in love with our program. So we have no problem offering you two weeks, you know, at, at a small discount rate. You know, we did four weeks at a small rate at one point in time before we ever put you on a membership. Because again, a lot of times it's a parent coming in to enroll their kid. So it's kind of crazy to sign someone up, you know, you're going to come in and sign up your, your five-year-old or your, your three-year-old who could change their mind every single day uh, and not want to do it one day, but loves it the next day and stuff. So it's hard to get them to make that commitment for themselves. Unfortunately, uh, not every parent is going to say, no, you're going to do it no matter what. And that's just the reality of things, right? Different than an adult going into a role for themselves for a fitness-based program or to a gym, you know, they're going to hold themselves accountable. It's totally different when it's a parent for a kid. Uh, so we like to make sure that all of our members are 
loving our program. We try to make it a super simple process. We have an app that goes along with everything that we do in our program. So they can literally sign up from the, the comfort of their, of their couch if they really wanted to. So they come in as far as a marketing scheme. We want them to come in and, and give them some type of hook to get them in. A, a, a you know Two weeks for $25 includes a t-shirt. So that's a hook. They get in. They're not overly committed to anything yet. They have a chance to really try out. And what we do is we actually do a unlimited classes for that time. So we don't cap our members to only once a week, twice a week, three times a week. We allow them to come as much as possible. And even at someone who's on a trial program, they can do that as well. So again, I want them to be fully in love and know what to expect with our program before they have to make that financial decision and commitment to us. Um, now, as far as like marketing goes, here, luckily, we have a lot of Facebook groups and that works well for us. We get on these Facebook groups and you know, like our Jackson town has like four different ones that, you know, roughly 3000 members in each of them. So when one person posts, oh, I'm looking for karate recommendations for my four-year-old. I literally will take a picture and send it out to like five, six parents and they will go and bombard the entire page. Like, oh, innovate martial arts, innovate martial arts. So it's like guerrilla marketing concept and I just let them bombard the entire page. So that always works well for us. But at the same time, you know, luckily uh, COVID was a really hard time for, for many people, of course, in our industry. And we were able to stay resilient where we lost in our town probably about three or four other martial arts schools that, that closed up shop because of it. Uh, but we were able to stay strong throughout it. And we actually took on a lot of those members. But again, when it comes to marketing, it, like anybody says, you got you to pay to play. And sitting there pumping, you know, we probably pay about close to $2,000 a month in marketing between Facebook and all these other avenues that we do. Yeah. Uh, and you got to pay to play. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, somewhere between two and 2,500 is usually what a lot of companies are spending. I know one of my old places that I was at, that's what we spent was 2,500. And yeah. You know, the ROI, it, you know, you, you, you sometimes have to hound them, you know? Exactly. Um, you know, and we're looking for that long-term solution versus the short-term game. So we could offer something, you know, come in and enroll for $250 for, for a summer program. We've done things like that in the past, but we, we're looking for that long-term gain. You know, we're, we're not, I'd rather, I'd rather lose the cost of a t-shirt or give away a free uniform and lose that, you know, 50 bucks there, but I'm going to get something much, much longer in return. Yeah, you're gonna somebody committed at you know X price for you know six months or something where it's like okay you fifty but the first month or two it's like you're already net exactly yeah um you know so diving into relentless a little bit do you feel like they're on top of their game a little bit as far as like doing things that you ask for or do you feel like you kind of have to reach out to them every now and then to kind of say hey what's going on where are we at um kind of um it's sometimes a little bit of both. I mean, we were with them from, from an early stage. So we, you know, at that point in time when they were still pretty young, uh, yeah. we had a lot of one-on-one -on -one attention as they've gotten big and huge. Um, you know, it kind of hits us, you know, sometimes we got to go through a little bit of uh, extra avenue. Uh, luckily for me, I have a general manager, so she takes on all that role for me. I'll oh, go yeah. in and film a, film a quick YouTube, uh, a video, then we'll upload it to them and then, you know, they'll get it going and, and I'm a control freak. So they'll send me like a basic script to read. I'm like, I don't like it. So then I change it. Um, so again, maybe they would be a little bit faster if I didn't change things, but you know, I'm, I don't know. I got, that's why I, that's why we call it innovate. We like to change things. Um, so if that wasn't the case, would maybe they'd be a little bit faster for us sometimes, but for the most part, we're having a great, you know, rapport with them. Sometimes our video, instead of coming out on this Tuesday, maybe it comes out like a week later, but we get the results in when, when once it gets out and going. 
Um, they have a really good system back behind the scenes where we can log in and check and it shows our funnel systems, everything like that. And it makes it very seamless where we can move things over. They'll blast them out, text messages, send them videos, send them updates, send them the schedule. It helps them track their progress as they're going through, um, which is a super huge uh, benefit to us because it takes that, alleviates my my staff and may go, oh, make sure you guys send them a text message about their first class. It automatically will remind them when their first class is, sends them like, hey, this is Master Turner. I can't wait to see you for your first class today. Make sure you wear something comfortable. We'll see you soon. And it sends them a photo of like the front of the building so they know everything. So that, that, uh, that ease of just letting it happen where I remember having to do it all through myself, that again on its own is totally worth the money. Um, but could they be better in other ways? Yeah. I think our biggest issue that we have when it comes to marketing is not even really Relentless's fault, but we use a, two, a one website and then we use a Relentless. So if someone comes into us from our website lead and they just find us, you know, whatever, basic Google review, they'll yeah. get a different flow in a system versus our Relentless students who see us on Facebook will get a different flow in the system. So sometimes they're getting like two different emails from two different things, which is something for us on the back end, we just got to clean up. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like that's, you know, maybe a little common between, you know, most places too, you know, they have like, unless it's integrated all into the same where like they control yeah. both and it, when they click, it goes into like one funnel versus like, okay, now you have this stream and this stream, <laughs> you got to cipher them, you got to merge them, you know, whatever, you know, whatever that looks like. So. Yeah. And like right now when we're getting great leads from, from our website. So at some, I don't love their flow sometimes. And if we don't really use our website much, our website is not for our current clientele. It's just for someone who, wants to look at martial arts they click on google and they see it it's it's bare bones really i mean there's nothing too too crazy on there we don't want to really focus on our our current client doesn't ever go to our website half of them probably don't even know we have one um because we use everything through our app um but now as far as that goes there right now i would say in january it's probably an even 50 50 if not 60 40 website versus versus relentless again i think it's due to the time of the year most of the time, Relentless probably has a lot higher, like I would say like a 70-30 as far as our, our leads are coming in. Right now, it's probably even even split or even our website is a little bit higher. But again, I think it's due to the time of the year versus anything they're doing different in their systems. Yeah, and you know, everybody's going to be on that new year, new me kick. And, exactly. You know, two to three weeks or, you know, like I said, maybe a month or two, and then you start to see like what the kind of the real trend in the currency is going to be like for, you know, the first six months or the first quarter anyways. Definitely. Cool, man. Awesome. Um, so we, we talked about, you know, a little bit of little sales, little marketing, you know, kind of touched on, you know, retention, you know, for martial arts in general, you know, I feel like with, you know, like you said, people are, you know, moving, traveling, or they just like, oh, I tried this. It's cool. I learned some skills. I'm going to go somewhere else. You know, what, what does a typical number look like in, you know, attrition? You know, I know you, you said somewhere around like, the, you know, like eight or 10% range, but like, you know, what, what's like month over month, you know, is there, obviously we know probably like Christmas time, maybe a little before is usually typically a little bit higher um, or maybe summertime kids are out of school and stuff like that. But, um, you know, kind of talk to me just about like, you know, like throughout like a three to six month time frame, you know, like where, what does attrition typically uh, reflect? So the way that we have our system set up, especially, and I, I can't, I don't want to speak on every martial arts school, but the way we have our system is that we do a, a quarterly testing. So we only test four times a year. Uh, so we do essentially a three month or a 12 week course, essentially the, for them to be able to move up to the next rank. So for us, our, our typical student will stay with us for typically two and a half, if not three years. Cause on, on a, if you're coming in as a seven year old, from that point in time, you enroll till, till your, your junior black belt, your first three black belt, it will take about three years 
uh, give or take, not missing anything. And we've always tried to make sure that we have uh, we have our beginner belt curriculum, that we have an advanced belt curriculum. So if there's something new and exciting as students progressing through. We can offer them tournament participation, things like that. Uh, so we always have something new and exciting, whether it's a new weapon that they're learning or a new self-defense or they're getting to spar differently or new challenges. So we try to use that as much as possible to keep the students uh, going. Um, most of the time, the way we see a student kind of fall out is if we do see them leave, it's going to be about the year and a half mark because they went through the beginning belt curriculum. They started the advanced belt curriculum, which is a, is a two year curriculum. But by that middle of that second year, middle of that you know year and a half, second year, it's like, all right, I've done this already. The, the excitement's not there as much as like when I got started. The black belt is still pretty far away. I can't, I can't I don't, it's not happening within the next six months. It's going to be another year and a half or so. Uh, so that 10, what we say is like our, like our green belt, purple belt level, we start seeing students kind of like pull back a little bit because it's not, you don't have that new excitement anymore, nor do you have that, that goal is not directly, you know, you can't see the finish line yet. Um, so on, on average, we don't lose a lot of our, our beginner belts, our white, orange, yellow belts, because at that point in time, it's still so fresh and new that it's exciting for them. If we lose people, it's going to be in that year and a half mark, which is, what I'll be, again, that purple belt, blue belt range that we tend to lose a, a good chunk of our students. Um, if for whatever reason, of course, moving and things like that are always going to happen. But I would say it's more of the, the interest, the, the excitement maybe has faded away. And that's our job as the instructors to keep that retention to be able to find new and exciting things for them. On, on average, if, if we're doing things correctly, uh, let, me know, let me know, I'm even make up numbers let me log in real quick and i can tell you exactly that's what the privilege of having an app here oh yeah so if i look at here my statistics for oh, come on analytics leads so in january we did over 20 leads december 15 uh and our conversion rate for december was 87%. So that was pretty, pretty good. Now, when I look at my memberships, memberships that have been paused, canceled, things like that, uh, for December, we lost, we, we net gained negative three. So we ended up enrolling, but we had lost a couple of people due to, you know, whatever the fact, you know, maybe it, um, November, we net gained six, um, but we also lost seven. So, you know, it, 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 it varies always every month. Now, if we look at towards October, November, or September, we net gained 21. So we kept everyone all year and everybody we got on because the way we did our summer program, they, mm -hmm. they did the summer, then they had to enroll in September. So we net gained 21 students just in September alone. And we did a really good job of closing that back door and not letting a student leave um, for the summertime. So, you know, it, it, it varies, you know, I, I wish there was a, a God-given answer to say, this is exactly why someone's quitting or leaving or, or moving. Um, fortunately for us, it's just, you know, the way that the, you know, depending on the age in which you got started, sometimes we have students who, who train with us for seven years and then they say, you know what, I'm just I'm ready to try something else. And as much as it sucks, I've invested so much time as a student. I also have to understand and say, you know what, you've achieved your goal. There's, I mean, I'm not sure what else you want to achieve. We've kind of done it all unless you're really competing on a high level. You know, sometimes the program in the class itself is not going to be, you know, the long-term goal. Unlike a gym or a fitness where you're always, you know, working out for your health. Even though we had that background of, of a fitness base, sometimes, you know, the goals, of course, for, for many kids, they got to know that there's a goal at the end of the tunnel. And then if there's no 
you know, given goal when hit when you hit black belt, you know, in our curriculum, whatever rank you are, it takes at least that many years to test for the next rank. So if you're a third degree black belt, you have to be at least for three years at that same rank before you can even test to the next belt. And and sometimes even longer than that. So it's it's really hard to keep that student for that long a time. But like I said, you know, if we could figure out the perfect, you know, mixture of fitness slash academics slash you know, tournament, things like that, I think we would have a, you know, a much higher uh, a rate of keeping students for a longer time. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, that's great, man. Um, so last couple questions here for you before we get wrapping up. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, like, you know, the semi, you know, the big goal with, you know, the numbers, the gross revenue and stuff like that. Um, when you hit those numbers, you know, and you take a step back is, is there anything else more that you want to do? Like, do you want, like, I know you talked about like space and stuff like that, but would you want to open up another location? Would you just be content with the two studios at max capacity or close to max capacity? Kind of walk me through that here before. So I think when we opened up our business back in 2017, the goal was always to have like one, like we wanted like the, instead of having like 16 McDonald's, we wanted the one best restaurant in town and that's always kind of been the goal and we've, we've kind of created that here in, in a small scale and again the goal was to do that with our with our big location that didn't end up happening and then of course you had to pivot and we wanted to create an opportunity for for our staff there's always opportunities i'm always presented with opportunities to, to buy other locations here or open the school here and because of our two locations the way they came about we took over this location and we took over that location we have yet to build one in the town in which we chose from the ground up to the exact specs, the way we want it, every single school, the chairs over here, the mats over here. So I've yet to build a school from the ground up. So that's, it's in my future, something that I want to do, whether it's taking this school that we currently have and moving it down the street and then building it the exact specs of what it works for us. We've been very fortunate to, again, take two schools that have, were pre-existing and just turn them into monsters, but nothing from the ground up yet. So that, that is in the future, maybe to have one. My favorite number is three. So I, I feel like I have to have at least three schools. Um, but a big thing for me coming from when I was in Texas, I, you know, overseeing five locations. And that, at that time, he had over 50 schools worldwide. Um, I never wanted to, I always want to make sure that I could teach one class at one at four o'clock and be at my black belt class by six o'clock in another location. So I never wanted to be too spread out across the town. I want you know, if I can get there in a 30 minute drive, then it's worth it. But, you know, if something was to happen, if I got to go from one school to the next, I never wanted to be something that's too far out. Um, so if the opportunity presents stuff for the third location, I, I would definitely jump on it. Uh, but really right now, again, having, having a one-year-old and, and having a, a family time is important to me. So if we can get two schools operating at once and I can kind of step back a little bit and, and be able to teach classes when I want to versus when I have to, mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of the goal for the future. And that's what that, you know, hopefully those numbers we hit them will allow me to do a little more and step back and, and, and take a little bit of time or vice versa, offer my full-time staff a little bit more time so they can take a day off here and there. And then, you know, we can mix it up a lot more where I can come in and relieve them for a day. They can have the day off. So um, that's kind of the goal. Again, the third school is something that, I, that selfishly I want. I don't know if it's the right move right now, um, but you know, hopefully in the near future. But like I said, with the, with the organization we're a part of, I've actually taken on a, another role with them that I actually work for our, our actual headquarters for the organization. So I have a lot of other like side 
jobs and side quests I'm doing with them where I travel and create curriculum for other school owners. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to travel to India and, and overseas schools in India. So I go there almost once or twice a year and teach at some schools in India that I don't own any ownership in, but I, I have a, I have a role in helping them grow. So that's been the, you know, the additional side gig that I can kind of take on and do a lot more of those types of things versus just teaching, you know, Monday through Saturday inside of my school. Awesome, man. That's, that's great. Being able to travel and like, you know, do, I guess, you know, fun things or, you know, interesting things like that, where, you know, you see different things and all that stuff. So yeah, um, love that. Um, Cool. Well, Evan, um, last couple things here, you know, for, you know, anyone out there that wants to start on their own, be their own boss, you know, whether it's Taekwondo, fitness, uh, gym, you know, something, you know, that's going to provide something to others in a health and fitness chat fashion, you know, what would you say to them? What piece of his pieces of advice would you give them? Uh, my first advice is make sure you know everything <laughs> to a point, right? And so you got to know, know your vision of what it is that you want to do. I should say, I should say, no, make sure you know exactly what it is that you want and, and the end all be all. Uh, I had a conversation with a gentleman who in India who owns over 350 dental clinics. And he had this uh, great comment. He says, entrepreneurs are all idiots. And I think to a point he's right. You're an idiot to say, I'm going to go out and do this on my own by myself and, and, and raise kind of the capital that you need to go to create a business. And you're going to bet on yourself. You've got to be an idiot to do it. But sometimes those idiots are the most profitable geniuses that we can meet in the world. Because again, I left a job where I could have easily continue to make $100,000 at 25 to step out and leave that move across the country to do it. I'm an idiot. But it worked out tenfold, of course. So I'm not, I'm not mad about it. But again, sometimes we're idiots to think that we know everything. And sometimes we're idiots to think that we, you know, we, we don't know everything. And sometimes I think when, it, when we talk to entrepreneurs and help other school owners out or anybody in the fitness industry, I would say, is just know what it is that, what is your end all result? What is that you want to do? Do you want to, you know, change lives? Do you want to help people out? If you're only doing it for the financial gain, you're maybe doing it for the wrong reason. So uh, you got you to gotta practice what you teach. You know, for, for me, I grew up in the martial arts industry as a, as a student, and I got to see how it helped me create my life, and I want to turn around and do that for others. The fact that I can take that passion of mine and turn it into a business that I can provide for my family, it's just, it's, it's, it's easy. You know, if I, if I hit the lottery tomorrow, I'll tell them I'd still teach class, um, you know, maybe in a month, but, you know, I'll take a vacation, but I would still would. And I would say that any entrepreneur, if you don't love what it is that you do every single day, then maybe it's not the right step or right, not the right time yet. Um, you know, not that we don't love freedom from doing it, but at the same time, we should still enjoying what we do. Um, so I would always tell, tell any entrepreneur, anybody who's getting started with us is you got to love what you're going to do and, and hopefully have a great vision on why it is that you want to do it outside of just the financial gain. No one goes in business to break even though. So make sure you, you know, you understand that ways to come out ahead and you want to make sure that you're, uh, you're made and provide the lifestyle in which the, the things that you want, desire, and, you know, need. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, I have the, you know, <laughs> be, be the expert in your craft and, you know, obviously have a plan, um, you know, behind that. So you're not just going into a blind, you know, like, well, I'm, you know, barely breaking even. So always exactly. Get profit. Yeah. yeah. You never want to bite off more than you can chew kind of thing. You know, like I said, Maybe that 11,000 square foot facility that we wanted was a little bit more than we needed at that time. And that's how I just look at it. Even though every time I drive by it, by it you know, it you know, like boils my blood and I tell my students they can't go shop there, um, you know, at the Dollar Tree. But, you know, maybe at that time, just, you know, I thought we were ready for it. You know, we kind of had that COVID bubble where we were coming out and we were rocking all the time numbers. Uh, but maybe it just wasn't the right time. Yeah, man, absolutely. 
Great, great piece of advice there. Uh, last thing here is, I always love to do this, is give a shout out to your facilities. If our members are listening and maybe they're in the area, they haven't heard about you yet, or they didn't know, know anything, or they're visiting or whatever, you know, how can they reach you? Definitely. Uh, Innovate Martial Arts, pretty much on all social media. Uh, our big one is InnovateMA.com, which is our website. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. I think it's Innovate Martial Arts. We're not really creative when it comes to our tag names. Uh, but we're all there. Again, we have our school here in Jackson, New Jersey. We have one, in, we say Bordentown, but it's kind of like a Columbus, Mansfield. It's a bunch of mini towns all together. Uh, we're growing and rocking by all means. If you're ever in the area, please stop by. If you see us on this podcast or you have a family member who wants to stop by, we're a, we're a great fit for all of, all of you to stop by and see us. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate the time here today. Uh, for everyone out there listening, if this story inspired you and you want to come on the show, um, feel free to do so. Click on the link below, type in your information, um, and we'll be in touch. But most importantly, go check out Evan's place. Uh, got a lot of good things going on. Uh, for everybody out there, that is another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. Gym Lords, out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today, and my name is Joseph. Joining us on the show is Zach from Strong Together Chester CrossFit in Chester, New Jersey. Welcome to the show, Zach. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, Zach, I'm excited to dive into what it is that you're doing at your CrossFit facility. But before we dive into the fun business side of things why don't you share with our listeners your inspiration behind becoming a gym owner yeah for sure um so i was a college athlete played baseball my whole life played sports my whole life um so always had that kind of competition drive um whether it was through sport or anything else um and through my years of playing sports, I was very into the training aspect, getting better for my sport, trying to get stronger, bigger, faster. So I always enjoyed the process of training, working out, getting into the gym, things like that, nutrition. And then once I graduated college, unfortunately, the New York Yankees didn't call me. So I uh, kind of shifted and was just looking to fill that competitive kind of edge. And I had a buddy of mine in my hometown in Freehold, New Jersey, uh, that owned his own CrossFit gym, said, come on in, do a couple workouts with us. It's fun. And then just fell in love with it. Fell in love with the, you know, always needing to work on something. Uh, one of the things that really drove me to CrossFit and to gyms and things like that was always needing to try and get better at something so when he told me hey like this is a sport you can compete in this it was it was game on it was off the races so then um started working out started getting into it more and then as my now wife and i uh moved up to this area more north north jersey where i'm from more central jersey uh we I actually started by working at the gym that I currently own um, under our previous owner. I was a coach, CrossFit coach, and did a lot of our operations and admin work. And then 
she was our previous owner was looking to sell the business and I took over. So this was always kind of the, I always used to say to my buddy, I was like, man, you got to have the best job in the world, owning a gym and just hanging out and doing your thing. And now that's what I do. So yeah, it was definitely a, uh, definitely an easy transition for me, but it was, like I said, the training aspect and the fitness side of things of sport always really drew me in. So when I was able to make this kind of more of a profession versus a hobby, Mm-hmm. It was, it was a no brainer. Mm-hmm. So like you're able to do what you love and also get paid for it. So why not do it? Exactly. Right? Exactly. Live it. You yeah. know, people always say live in the dream. So mm-hmm. can't complain. True. True story. Especially up here in the, uh, the cold climates. It's a lot of fun during the winter. Back, like, <laughs> exactly. Um, it's nice to it, be indoors. It is when it's freezing out like today, but, um, <laughs> So you worked your way up through kind of like the chain of command in a way. Now you're the yep. owner. So with how the gym functions today, why don't you give our listeners your elevator pitch? So obviously it's a CrossFit facility, but mm-hmm. some CrossFit facilities do open gym, one-on-one, group mm-hmm. training. What does it look like for you guys? Yeah, so we're, we're strictly group training. Um, we do have open gym that we offer all of our members throughout the day. So like right now, any one of my members can come on in and get a workout in. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, our bread and butter is that group training. We find that in that group setting, it breeds community, it breeds success. Um, as a coach, it allows us to get to know a bunch of people, build relationships. So it's something that the group setting, in my opinion, is the most beneficial. Um, you get all aspects of fitness here. You get all walks of life um, from CEOs to janitors working out next to each other. You've got 80-year-olds next to 15-year-olds. So like I said, it breeds a lot of community, breeds a lot of results. Um, with us, for, you know, for me and my other coaches, we enjoy the atmosphere. We enjoy the, the personalities. We enjoy the group setting. You know, it's Sometimes that one-on-one, in my opinion, can get a little stale. You know, you're just dealing, you're talking to one person the entire time. And sometimes you don't have anything to say to each other. So you're just kind of staring <laughs> a at each awkward other. awkward sometimes. Exactly. So, you know, like I said, we find that the group setting really just breeds not only the community, like I've mentioned, but also just those results because, the, you know, the old, the old saying is misery loves company. So it's mm-hmm. always better to be breathing heavy and sweating and your heart pounding when you know that there's someone next to you doing the exact same thing. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the group setting is is where it's at for sure. Nice. So the specialty is definitely in the group type of classes. So so with that, how many people are you guys serving right now? Yeah, so we're at um we're right around 135 members. Okay. Um we usually our average class size is anywhere from 6 to 14 people. Again, depends on the time of day, the time of year, yeah. people schedules and different things like that, but you know, one of the things that I always like to tell people, especially newer people coming in or someone who's interested in joining our, my personal facility versus, mm-hmm. you know, maybe other CrossFit gyms and different things like that. I always like to tell people this is group training, but we always like to refer to it as personalized group training. Because again, what 90 year old Susie is doing is going to be totally different than what 15 year old Joe is doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's all, like I said, it's, since it is all walks of life, all different fitness levels and different people um, for us as coaches, it's more about tailoring the overall outline of what an hour class is going to look like um, to that individual. So that mm-hmm. might be, Hey, I've got a, we've got to change up a movement just based on a prior life injury. Yeah. Oh man, my shoulder is ripped apart from skiing 20 mm-hmm. years ago, you know? So that's one of the benefits that a lot of our members get 
uh, when they come here is that it is very personalized. Again, we are core values as coaches here is to have everyone leaving here safe, smiling and sweating, but safe is that first word. So we keep people safe. We make sure that our coaches are very hands-on with our athletes inside of class, um, constantly walking around, making sure that everyone's moving safely, everyone's getting a good workout. And we're constantly checking in with athletes throughout the class. Hey, how are we feeling? How are we doing? How's this feeling? How are we moving? Different mm -hmm. things like that. So you definitely get that personal touch when you walk into this gym for sure. Um, but like I said, that community is our bread and butter. We, we do holiday parties. We do a bunch of different things throughout the year to keep the community together. So this is definitely a place where you walk in and after your first class or two, everyone here is going to know your name and say, oh man, Joseph, it's great to see you. How's the family? How's work? All right, let's get after it kind of thing. So it's a very, it's a very welcoming atmosphere. Yeah. And it sounds like that community environment is very important for you guys. Mm -hmm. And with building a community, you know, moving, let's just say 12 months on the road, do you eventually want to bring up some new people and increase that community or stay where you guys are right now and just maximize the current clientele? Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely something that we go back and forth on. Um, I'd say as a, from a business standpoint, we're always looking for new people. Um, we usually find that once people get a taste of what we're doing here, they get into it, they start, you know, sipping the Kool-Aid, things like that, then we usually find that, okay, hey, I've got a friend that wants to try this out. Yep. So we always know that our community is really at its all-time high when people are engaged with the different events and different things that we run throughout the gym. Um, but also we know that, you're, that that individual is enjoying it if we notice that they're starting to try and get other friends in here. Friends, family, kids, spouses, significant others, when we see people bringing other people in through referrals, we know that we're doing the right thing. We know that you're enjoying it. Cause again, at the end of the day, you're not going to refer some, someone to something that you don't enjoy and that you don't see value in. So of course, we're always looking to build that clientele, but at the same time, we do focus on our current clientele. Um, like I mentioned before, we're very hands-on with our athletes within our class structure within that hour. But I always tell every new member and, and everyone who, who needs it, we're just as hands-on in those other 23 hours outside of the gym. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of my jobs is as the head coach and, and as a coach here, which my other coaches also do the same, we're checking in with members at least once a week, you know, whether it's through a text message, an email, a phone call, something yep. where it could be as simple as, hey, Joseph, great, great seeing you today. Great workout. Um, it's Monday. What are we looking to focus on? Oh, man, Zach, I'm not really drinking enough water. How can you help me out? Let's put a plan together. So. You know, like I said, it's it's something that we do pay attention and, and really strive to build the strong community that we already have. But mm -hmm. at the same time, we're always looking to expand. You know, it's it's like any other kind of family. We we definitely think of this as a family. And when our family gets bigger, we we welcome it even more. It just means that the parties are busier and classes are busier, which breeds more results, breeds more community, breeds more fun. Mm -hmm. And also with that, it breeds more business and it breeds more, you know, success for not only your clients, but for you as a gym owner, because the more oh, people you're serving and keeping the door, that's better overall. Oh, 100%. I mean, from a business standpoint, yeah, it, it, it's, it's the name of the game. The name of the yeah. game is try and try and make as much money, no matter what your business is, whether it's a gym or you're selling clothing, mm -hmm. you know, you're trying to make as much money as you possibly can. And at the same time, for me as a business owner, 
the more money I can bring in, the more money I can put out, the more I can pay mm -hmm. my coaches, the more, uh, the newer equipment I can get and the better equipment I can get and the upgrades that I can make. So yeah, we look at it from a financial standpoint as yes, as a business owner, of course, this is what I do for a living. So as everyone who has a job, you're always trying to make more money mm -hmm. for you, for yourself personally. But at the same time, my goal is always to put as much money back into the gym as I can. You know, mm -hmm. hey, well, this rower is getting a little getting a little wear for the wire here. Let's let's bring in a new one. So, you know, we're trying to increase the revenue, increase business so that not only can I benefit personally, but my coaches, my members, my staff, everyone could benefit from that regardless. And I love that. And that's that's one of my personal favorite things about business in general is if you're able to bring in more revenue in a way, you're also able to reinvest that back in the gym, whether that be mm -hmm. new equipment, more classes, yep. more, you know, better trainers 100%. or paying your trainers more, which obviously they'll be happy. So they want to help your clients even more. So it's all around a, a great merry-go-round in a way. Um, oh yeah. So since you like do want to eventually bring us a new people and build that community, what are you doing from a marketing sense to consistently generate new interest in the business? Yeah. So we, we do a bunch of different things throughout the year. Um, we do different challenges. We, from a marketing standpoint, we definitely are on social media. Um, mm -hmm. You can follow us at strong, uh, strong together fitness or strong together Chester. Either one of those will work. Um, mm -hmm. We, post daily where we try and keep our social media in the realm of the three rules that we always try and accomplish through social media is to educate, inspire, and entertain. Yep. So if we can do those three things, that's kind of our bread and butter when it comes to our marketing. We also are huge, like I mentioned before, on referrals. We have yep. a ton of different referral programs. Our biggest one is our give 80, get 80, where if, for example, Susie brings in her mom to start working out, She's going to get $80 off her next invoice and her mom's going to get that first invoice $80 off. So we do mm -hmm. offer a bunch of different referral um, advantages to people, not only to cut their costs. So again, with inflation and things like that, the, the state of the world, any, any dollar saved is a dollar saved. Um, so we try and make that as easy as possible. But at the same time, again, we want people bringing in friends. We want people to bring in friends, family, coworkers, anyone that's going to make their experience more enjoyable. Um, and then also from a marketing standpoint, again, we do local events when they're around, um, you know, we might set up a table at a local event and say, Hey, come talk to us, come ask us questions, things like that. Or at the other end we're we're also, we put together Facebook ads throughout the year, different times of the year, based on, you know, the state of what, what time of year, again, in the winter, a lot of people are trying to get back into it, trying those new year's resolutions, things like that. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot from the marketing standpoint. Um, you know, I wouldn't say that there's anything where it's like, hey, this is our one size fits all. We're constantly, constantly changing up our marketing strategies. But at the same time, we're, we're like any other business. We, we market and we, we do our best to try and bring as many people through the door as we can. Mm -hmm. And like through that, it sounds like you're able to, you know, not attack, but really hit all avenues of marketing there. Because you said like community mm -hmm. events, Word of mouth, which I love word of mouth. You love word of mouth. I mean, we all of love course. Word of mouth. it's free and it's, you have more trust with those pers like prospective clients and also mm -hmm. social media side of things. So you mentioned you do Facebook ads periodically throughout the year, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. So in your experience, how have those performed? Are they all more on the positive end or more on the negative end? 
Um, it depends. It's it. You know, the, the biggest variable is usually the time of year. Um, that's why we strategically try and put them out at certain times of the year, because we know that those are when those certain times of the year, you know, again, whether it be the New Year's resolutions or early in the spring where people are like, hey, got to get ready for beach season and different things like that. So we try and structure that just based on the time of year. Um, overall, they perform pretty well. Um, you know, I'd, I'd say from a from a business and marketing standpoint, it's a quick way to get a bunch of leads, um, get a get a bunch of people who are at least, oh, I checked this out and I put a little information in, so I'm somewhat interested. Mm -hmm. But we do find that, like you said, those word of mouth, those referrals are always what we like to. And again, I'm sure just in the business world, the gym world, um, those warm leads, yeah. the leads where it's not a it's not a huge barrier to entry. You know, maybe a phone call or two, and then you're pretty much going to be good to go. Versus you know, sometimes those Facebook leads, we got to stay on top of them a little more, which again, that's what we do. That's what I do. So it's not a, it's not any more of a process than it usually would be based on a referral. We still take everyone through the same relative process, mm -hmm. but at the same time, we find more success from a percentage standpoint from those referrals, from these community events versus the Facebook ads avenue, where it's more like, Hey, We've got 20 people. We're hoping to close half of them. We're hoping yep. to get half of them at least in for a free trial class like we offer everyone um, versus where it's more of a referral or a community event or a walk-in, a social media interest where, excuse me, we usually find that those people are converting at more of a 70 to 90% range. So again, we don't get as much volume when it comes to the referrals and social media. Yep. But we do get better quality, I guess you could call it better, better conversion rate. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> what would, well, what do you think would bring the advertising from pretty well to, to great and be able to, you know, even out on both sides, so you could really maximize each avenue? I think it's tough. I mean, again, the Facebook ad landscape has changed so much over the last five years on what you can and can't do, who it can and does target and different things like that based on Facebooks and these different ad avenues that you can dive down. Yep. It really depends. Um, you know, again, since it is a constantly changing kind of thing where it's those social media ads, it's tough to really say like, hey, here's the one thing we can do. Um, we have noticed that the time of year, like I mentioned before, is a huge factor. So that's one of the ways that we try and move that number a little bit more in that more positive range. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's it's something where we're just trying to figure it out. We're, we're constantly adjusting. We're constantly making changes, constantly keeping up with what Facebook allows us to do and not to do um, from an ad standpoint. So, you know, if I, I hate to say if I knew what that would be. I'd be doing it to, to make it that much better. But at the same time, like I said, we're, we're constantly trying to evolve, constantly trying to learn from whether it's our past experience, other businesses, past experiences, different things that are available to us as far as um, information, whether it's, hey, this performed at this rate. So we're looking at statistics when we run these ads. We're looking at different times of year when we run these ads. So we're constantly trying to change to move that needle in that right direction. So, so for our listeners who want to learn more about the Facebook advertising and the other gym owners who are listening who may be struggling with the advertising, what is a typical advertisement look that you guys put out to the public? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So 
one of the things that we always we always make sure it's some kind of video. It could be one of my members, one of my coaches, or even myself just kind of going through, you know, we always like to kind of, I'm a very joking kind of person, very yep. like comical kind of person. So, you know, an ad might start with, okay, push up number 1000, man, oh man, I'm exhausted. And then we always try and lead into whatever we're offering. You know, yep. usually with our ads, we, we tend to steer our ads more towards timeframes of challenges. So yep. it might be, Hey guys, I'm Coach Zach with Strong Together Chester, and I'm looking for 20 men and 20 women to participate in our eight-week or six-week or 12-week challenge. Mm -hmm. And then it's usually something where we go into just a brief, like you said, like you said earlier, like an elevator pitch of what we're offering. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, with this program, you're going to get three coach-like classes a week. You're going to get a custom nutrition plan that's pro that's tailored to you. You're going to get accountability coaching. You're going to get weekly check-ins. You're going to get weekly weigh-ins. So we try and just put a couple bullet points on the different aspects of what we're offering so that it is quick, it's simple, it's easy. And then from there, we usually have some kind of call to action. All right, guys, if you are if you like what you hear and you're interested, click this link below, fill out your information, and somebody will be reaching out to you. So we always have some kind of intro, the meat and potatoes of what we're offering or what we're, what our outline is based on what the challenge is and then some kind of call to action. And again, those videos are anywhere from two and a half to maybe upwards of five minutes long. So we try and keep it nice and brief, nice and short to keep the attention of the viewer as well as, again, you don't want to be watching a 10, 15 minute video. You want to get in, you want to get out, you want to get going. Mm -hmm. So we try and keep it brief. We try and keep it as informative as we can, but at the same time, like I mentioned, as brief as we can. So we have a little bit of an outline. That's kind of our outline that we like to follow with that. And then from there, we just, you know, we might make three or four different ads that will run periodically. Okay. Week one, we'll run this one. Week two, we'll run this video mm -hmm. pretty much all talking about the same thing, but it might just be a different view might be yep. a different person. It might be a different kind of intro, a different kind of script. But at the same time, we're just, like I said, we're trying to change it up to keep the viewer interested. Oh, hey, oh yeah, I saw that one last week. Ooh, this is a different one. Let me watch this one mm -hmm. kind of thing. So we just try and keep the, the, the general public or whoever's interested in watching this as invested as possible. Mm -hmm. So have you guys also used just like plain like picture ads, just like, Hey, looking for this type of person in this area, or have you only done the videos? We've usually only done the videos through the Facebook ads. If anything, we would do more of like a still frame picture where it's just, Hey, here's a picture of me doing something or, or a member doing something, whatever the case may be. We usually save that for the social media side, yep. just for the sole purpose of it is such a low barrier to entry. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it doesn't have to be a thought out script. It doesn't have to be a thought out video. And I mean, for me personally, I'm very, very, my wife will tell you, I'm very, very camera shy. I don't like my picture taken. I don't like, I don't like recording myself. So we just find that the pictures and the social media aspect, when it comes to that kind of call to action or that kind of marketing strategy, we find that pictures usually work best through social media because yep. usually our social media followers, um, they've been following us for X amount of time. We've had a ton of people who come in and be like, oh man, I've been following your social media for a couple months now loving all the guys you all the things you guys are doing so i wanted to come in and check it out um so we haven't really dove down the facebook ad pictures yet um just for the sole purpose of like i said we usually save that for the social media side mm -hmm. so 
So to dive a little bit more into what the advertisements, you know, provide, do you guys do any kinds of, you know, guarantees with those challenges that you offer? Yeah. So one of the main driving points and one of the main selling points behind the challenge for us is our goal based on the length of time of that challenge. Again, usually anywhere from four weeks to upwards of 12 weeks is the challenge is to lose X amount of weight. So usually what we'll do with a challenge like that, we'll say, Hey guys, once a member comes in or once someone comes in and is interested, we put the challenge out there of, it could be anywhere that hey, we're guaranteeing if you follow our program, you follow exactly what we give you and you you do what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. upwards of from 10 pounds to 20 pounds of weight loss or anywhere from five to 10% of body fat loss. Um, okay. Just based on the individual, it's usually a little more structured. Uh, but at the same time, that's usually our challenge. And with that, if someone does complete that challenge and they want to roll right into a membership, we give them that money back. So say, for example, if our six-week challenge cost any one of our, you know, any new prospect or any new one coming in $500, and I'm just making up numbers here, if it costs $500 and you're like, hey, I completed the challenge, I lost my 20 pounds in my six weeks, great, I'm going to apply that $500 credit for you. You can use that for a membership, you can mm-hmm. use that for products that we sell in the gym. So we always give back that product or that challenge uh, cost. So it allows us to for the most part, advertise it in a way as a free six-week challenge. You know, you pay up front. If you hit your goal, you get your money back. If not, hey, we got we got X amount of pounds lost. You know, if we didn't hit that 20 mark, maybe we got close. We got that 18 or we got that 15 that we were looking for. So at the absolute worst case scenario, you're going to get results. It's just a matter of how much based on, again, I actually just met with someone a couple a uh, couple hours ago about nutrition. I always like tell people, you get out of it what you put in. If you're going to yeah. put in the work, you're going to do what we tell you to. We're going to give you all the tools you need, just need you to, to start building the product. Um, so we, again, we provide all of our information to people and our goal is to give this challenge away. My goal is to give you your money back. I want your, you to have that money back mm-hmm. because then we know that we've gotten the results. Mm-hmm. So, so with that, is it like, uh, in a way, like, client finance acquisition like yeah them in it's like hey this is going to be 5.99 but once you finish it you can use this as a credit towards our gym and our gym only exactly exactly so we try and give that money back especially again like i mentioned earlier the times that we've had the the state of the world that that everyone's in and finances and things like that so we always try and create as low of a barrier to entry as we can Again, my goal is to have everyone hit their goals, whether they're a member or there's someone coming in. So if I can get someone even one step closer each day or one step closer through four or six weeks or X amount of time of a membership that they decide to stay with us on, uh, then then we've accomplished our goal as coaches. And my goal as a gym owner is to have you hit your goals and, and be the best you you can be. Mm-hmm. So once they finish those challenges, how do you approach them in a way of like, hey, since you finished this challenge, whether you lost X pounds or not, how do you convert them into a membership? Well, usually the results kind of speak for themselves. Um, you know, anywhere from that four to, like I said, 12 week process, depending on what time range we're running that challenge for. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you, we, we do guarantee some kind of weight loss. Again, worst case scenario, 
even if you're just following the nutrition or you're just coming into workout, as long as something is dialed in, we're going to get some kind of results. So usually once people start seeing those results and they say, wow, I, this is possible. I can do this. I can reach that goal. Then from there, usually getting them to flow into that membership is pretty easy for us. Um, it's a lot more, it's a lot simpler because they've already gotten a taste and a sample of what the possibilities are. So then for some people, it might be, hey, I want to continue on this journey. I want to keep losing this weight. And for some people, it's like, man, I've lost a ton of weight. I'm feeling real good. Now I want to get real, real healthy and real fit. So then that's when, you know, those, the toning, the, the muscle, the, the strength gains, the muscle gains that we see, um, that's when those start really coming into play. So usually coming off of that challenge, for the most part, we have a, a super high conversion rate into full-time members. Um, just because like I mentioned, they've, they've sipped the Kool-Aid, they've gotten an idea of what it's like. They kind of gotten into a, a small sample size of the possibilities and, you know, when that small sample size is 10 to 20 pounds worth of weight loss, I mean, that's a great looking sample size for four to, for four to 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. um, so it makes it super easy for that person to really go, man, he's, he was right what he was telling me six weeks ago or X amount of weeks ago. So let me just keep it rolling. There's no reason to stop now at this point. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, we, we find that that, that that conversion rate is super high, com people coming off of that challenge. And for our listeners, you know, as Zach has just said, once you get them results, they're already bought in a way. Like they're mm -hmm. already sold on your gym. Like you don't have to hard sell them anything. Um, 100%. Once you get them in, they're there for a long time because you were the one person who has finally helped them to overcome their challenges of weight or overall health. Um, which that leads me into one of my final questions here for you, Zach. Go back to when you first got into gym ownership. What is that one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? I think the one piece of advice I could give would be to just trust the process. Trust in what you're doing. Keep constantly learning. Keep constantly trying to improve. Keep constantly trying to make upgrades and keep the facility fresh. Um, don't ever settle for anything. Don't ever, you know, once you hit your goal, it's like anything else. It's like weight loss with people on these challenges. You know, hey, my goal is 20 pounds weight loss. Great. I lost my 20 pounds. There's always a new goal that's going to follow it. Um, mm -hmm. So just be constantly striving to, to reach those goals. Be constantly adjusting to yourself based on where, you know, for me as a gym owner, my goals personally are constantly adjusting. My goals for the business are constantly adjusting based on what I want to accomplish personally based on where I'm at in my life. You know, five, five, six years ago, my goals were totally different because I was at a totally different point in life. And, you know, that's, that's the same for clientele based on where they're at in their life. Their goals are going to be constantly adjusting. Oh, now I have grandkids. I want to be able to play with my grandkids when I'm 70 years old. I want to be able to pick them up and run around with them. Just the little things like that. So my overall message would be, Trust your process, be constantly improving, reach out, learn as much as you can, bring on as many people as you can that are going to help you. There's, there's never a one size fits all. Everyone's got something to offer you in terms of information. So just be constantly striving to learn something new each and every day. There we go. Got it there. Thank you for sharing that, Zach. And 
Um, before we hop off of the episode, why don't you share your social medias again and your website URL so our listeners can find you? Yeah. So if you ever want to search us on social media, we're on Facebook. You can search Strong Together Chester CrossFit. We'll, we'll pop right up for you. Um, on Instagram, we are at STF Chester. So follow us, take a look at what we're doing. We always give a bunch of insights as to our members, facility, what we're doing, programming, different things like that. And then as far as our website, you can go to strongtogetherchestercrossfit.com. You can search us on Google. We're on there. Uh, read our reviews, take a look at our pictures, different things that we've got going on through Google and all those different media outlets. And hopefully anyone in the, new, the North Jersey area, come on in. We'd be more than happy. We offer a free trial class to anyone. Awesome. Well, uh, Zach, I want to thank you personally for hopping on the podcast today. It was a pleasure speaking with you and learning more about your uh, gym facility. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Appreciate all you guys do. You're welcome. And to all of our listeners, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym model, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, our guests are Ed and Anne-Marie of Train for life coming to us from marshfield massachusetts guys how are you today what's going on we're doing great thanks for asking i am excited to get into this i got a pretty good background myself off air before we started this whole thing but i'm a big believer in context guys so for for the listeners and for some understanding of what it is that we're actually going to be talking about today train for life what is this business how do you describe this in your own words um, I think uh, the easiest way to describe it is you have a basic you have a basic principle of a gym and a gym membership. Um, to me, that's the tried and true. It's 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 literally existed since you know the dawn of the fitness industry. The the membership based um, you know the the basic fundamentals of of uh, the fitness world, which is you know you put some treadmills in, you put some weights in, you know. Put, open the door people will come type of thing and then we put our own <laughs> twist on that right which is um you know we have a a variety of different training that we do um mainly because 
not only just our background or my background, but Anne Marie's background, but we also take into consideration that there are a variety of different modalities in, in our industry right now. Um, and so we don't, you know, you come in, we don't make you do our workouts. We try to fit it around you and what your goals are. And, you know, the fitness world has changed dramatically since I started, um, you know, and there's, there's a whole different outlook on the fitness industry just in general, more about, uh, less about the aesthetic piece of it, more about mobility and functionality. Um, and I think there's a plus and minus to both of those. Um, happy to explore that. Sure, but, uh, sure, sure. But, uh, but, it, but in general, that's where the word, so Train for Life actually started as a program. We used to be called another company, um, which doesn't really matter at this point, but, but the sure. fact is Train for Life was a program that we, that was the name of the program we used. And then from a pure marketing standpoint, it was a little bit hard to market a program and, uh, and the name of the gym. So we just swiped that and started going just Train for Life, um, both yeah. as the facility and our programming. Um, and so the, and, the brand yeah. in and of itself becomes Train for Life and not just a title. This is really, as I understand, how you guys run your business. Like you said, something for everybody is, is really what I'm gathering from what you're saying. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, Anne-Marie can speak to it because she does, she does more of the day-to-day than I do. Um, I'm like the idea guy. And then she has to execute people, so. <laughs> We all need a good team. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So Anne-Marie, tell us if I if I'm to walk through the doors today as a prospective client, what would I see? What would you what would you highlight? So we usually start off with just a tour and I show them um, the whole gym, what we do here. Um, and then we kind of sit them down and talk about their goals and what they actually want to accomplish um and then we also bring them to um do a evaluation so it's not just throwing them under some squat rack for the first time we actually try to see where they're at um as a starting point um and then we just go from there that's what we use like i know you are (laughs) Um, but trust me when i'm not here she's dominating um So we use the functional movement screen as the, as the way of like, you know, testing the everybody. Entry point. Sure. Yeah. And it's, um, we just, that's basically coming from that background of when I worked for the PGA, we were, that was our, our biggest tool of evaluation. So to us where that has segued into the general pop pretty well, um, it gives us a really good starting point. Um, you know, if we have people that can't do, you know, basic, you know, if they can't hip knee raise, they can't, they can't, um, you know, they can't inline lunge, things like that. Like you're not going to take that person and say, okay, let's, let's get under a squat rack. This is not a good place to start for them. So for us, it's about longevity and that sort of train for life is, is, has an ethos to that. And that ethos would basically be like, okay, one, don't hurt them, you know, and two, like not everybody is looking to be like, you know, the next Arnold Schwarzenegger, the next, you know, I mean, there's sure there's a percentage of people that want to do that. Right. But most people are, and our demos, you know, are probably, we have a really unique demo here, but like, you know, let's just say like our, our, our biggest demo would be that 35 to 55 year old clientele uh, or our training clientele. Well, you know, most of these people have, you know, obviously children in an age group that could range anywhere from like, you know, six, seven years old, all the way up until like their late teens. So a lot of these parents are, you know, 
requiring, you know, their ability, you know, the ability to be able to play with their kids and, and move around and constantly basically movement type of thing. So a lot of our clients are not looking so much as like a visual, um, although, you know, it's an aspect of what they're looking at, but yep. they're looking at just, you know, basically kind of staying, like, as one of my clients said, I just want to stay in the game and keep me in the yeah. game. Like, yeah, we, we can do that. So if you're, if you're a gym and you're helping your clients feel better, move better and look a little bit better, you're probably going to be in business for a while. That's, that's why people come to us. Now, I want us to take a step back even, even before that. You mentioned what happens when people arrive to the facility, but from a, a marketing standpoint, what do you guys do just to get them to that point? What's, what's been successful and, and maybe what hasn't been so successful over the years? Yeah, so marketing standpoint, so Amory does all of our, our like weekly organic social um you know the the marketing as you know in the industry has changed dramatically as marketing has changed um so we have we have an external company that does our paid advertising uh both on instagram google and um facebook um and those are demographically you know we target geo geofence and geo target those particular markets um we tend to because my massachusetts pot very very dense, very popular uh, population dense. Um, we tend to do like a three to five mile radius of our club just because of competition. And, you know, algorithms will tell you like who will come, like what percentage of these people will come to your gym. So we target very, like very geo, geo targeted on that. Um, In-house, we do our organic. We do, we have a rewards program, which she just kicked off because I have no idea how we would do that. That's what her job is. And then, um, and then we do, um, you know, so that so the externals are lead gen and our internal, uh, we have an incredibly low attrition rate, um, mm -hmm. mainly because we we have worked really hard at creating a a unique culture. I'm sure every gym owner will say the same, and they're probably right. Um, we just have a very laid back, unique culture. We have a very, as I said in the beginning, we have a really unique demographic here um, at two o'clock. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point like you can see it, but over there uh, is the high school and junior high in Marshall, they're literally right across the street from us. So um, about this time, about another hour or so, we'll have about 50 uh, kids in here. Um, and we, we welcome them at the same, the same way we would welcome anybody else. Um, we actually have a full-time person that just monitors them. And by monitoring, we make sure they're doing the right things. Um, make sure that they're not on TikTok the entire time, you know, make sure that <laughs> just keep moving. But really, in some capacity. Yeah, just some safety reasons and stuff like that. So we, um, we don't, we tend not to market too much to the kids from a, from an in. So when, uh, when it comes to training, we, we actually internally market our training. We don't externally market our training, which is very different okay. than a lot of clubs around us. Sure. We feel like it's best to have them in as a member and have an experience before you go to upsell them, you know, what could and then be have that conversation at a later point. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. What's your experience been working with an agency? How, cause I, unfortunately I hear all kinds of horror stories and, and don't throw anybody <laughs> under the bus, but there are, there are certainly pros and cons to outsourcing in that sense. What are, what's been your perspective? Oh, I will say um, that the, the one thing that you can do as a gym owner is make sure that when you're, when an agency is working on like the strategy part that you have a large voice in that. 
Um, that was one of the biggest issues we had ah. in the beginning was we, they, they outsourced the strategy to a contractor, you know, which is totally fine. But that contractor had never stepped foot in our gym, never really understood our, like, I'm going to use the word ethos again, but really understood that ethos that, that the mission, was, the values. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I, I don't think it was a, a level of ignorance. I just think it was what happens a lot when you're, when it's the phone game, you know, if I tell you, how can we scale this as quickly yeah, as possible? How, how do we, we scale shortcut? as quickly as possible? Yeah. Stay within a budget. Um, you know, we didn't have a huge budget. We still don't. Um, we spend about 2000 a month on our marketing. Um, a percentage of that is paid advertising. The rest of that is, you know, quote unquote management of the, of the creative piece. Um, we're very involved on the creative content side because we feel like we have a better eye on what we, we want the public to see. I think that's another recommendation. Yeah. That's, I think, the disconnect that I hear so often is that it's working with an agency. I mean, it's it's generic. They don't know our voice. They don't know our message. And then when people show up, when these leads get here, there's a little bit of, of discrepancy between what they expected and what they see, whether for better or for worse. It might be that they're surprised delightfully, sure. but it could be that they're not the right lead for us it could be that they were looking for something else that we don't offer or we offer something that they didn't even know existed it's like that game telephone i think you were starting to allude to it when you whisper to somebody and they hear something they tell the next person and the message gets a little bit distorted at each level of the conversation it is what it is i think it's it's a it's a layer to be aware of have you guys considered at any point bringing that back in house or is it easier to to hand that off we're we're pretty small like we're like a lot of clubs right now we're running into labor issues so um it's probably best for us when we look at our you know our flow chart of like what we can do in a day and what we can't do in a day um it probably makes a ton of sense as we're currently constituted to outsource that piece um and then I, that's probably like my biggest role is to make sure our external marketing from a message branding and strategy standpoint is on point. Um, and we, you know, I think we do, Amory does an excellent job with the organic side of it. So it makes, it helps that I, I do the external and she does the internal. Yeah, gotta have uh, that balance. You do. Yeah, it's no doubt. And then the messaging is consistent. The only other thing I would, I would, I would caution other clubs is, you know, the, a lot of the bigger national companies, when they're doing marketing, they, they use stock imagery because it's cheap and easy. Um, I would I would totally recommend to a club. They're like, go use an iPhone. It's fine. Take pictures of your club, your members. Enough people love to see themselves. Mm-hmm. And if you're local advertising and someone's like, oh, that's me. They just, they love it. And, and um, we try. Or our they best see their, their cousin, their body, yeah. their, whatever it is. They just yeah. recognize it. Like we, we had, we ran one ad with the, the chief of police who I happen to have the fortune of working out with every morning. Um, and we ran one ad with it's him. It's a helpful <laughs> connection. Yeah. It's, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not a, a good guy to know. Um, yeah. But he's a great guy and, and, um, and he's well-known and well-respected in the community and his, we, we ran one ad with him and it, it was our best ad because, because everybody knew who he was. And so, you know, obviously we, we, we changed our advertising a lot um, content wise, just for a variety of reasons, but um, it, it just that lesson alone, if we can, if that, if you can pass that along, that's, that's the one thing I would say 
you know, yeah. don't use stalking. <laughs> now, earlier you talked about not externally marketing training or personal training here. What do you guys do? How do we steer some of our membership towards that type of a service? When does that take place? And what's that conversation like? So we'll do the initial conversation. And by we, I mean, Amory, when she's doing the sale, um, her quietness now should see herself. She's really good. Um, but she like, you know, we, we spend a lot of time on a weekly, monthly basis, just, you know, talking about like, we don't do hard selling. We don't do, you know, our goal is to say, Hey, get comfortable here. We check in with you. Um, you then get on our email news newsletter. So we do a monthly newsletter on top of that. Um, and then when we run promotional things, um, you know, usually once a month, we'll run some sort of promotional thing. And uh, it's probably built around training nine times out of 10. Um, and that's, we don't- Internally. Internally, it's always internal. I yep. see. And then, so, but we'll, we'll drop the initial, like you come in and sign up. We're going to talk to you about your goals and we're going to talk to you, you know, when, once your goals exceed your knowledge base, meaning the client's knowledge base, that is our opportunity to say, okay, we you're at first consult and membership sign up. Yeah. And you're telling me that you have a limited knowledge. Like I don't do my own accounting for that reason. I have a limited yeah. knowledge base of that. So I hire an accounting so I don't go to jail for tax evasion, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so we use we use a lot of those um, analogies with people. Like you would hire a lawyer, you would hire a, you know, you don't hire a lawyer, hopefully forever. You hire a lawyer for a situation or or, or time being. Um, same thing with training. So that's the other thing we do is we we explain to them that training is a start and a stop. We also have a, a, a secondary program for the majority of our clients, which is an app based program that we use that a lot of our clients take advantage of after time because it's a scale. It's a, it's a huge cost. So some guidance, but less touch points, right? Yes. And it allows us to touch more people realistically because we might be able to say, okay, we're going to train 2% on average of our total membership, but our app might be able to do 10% because of the costs of it. So, yeah. Okay. Now all of our conversation has been centrally How'd you guys get here? What's the business look like now? What do we focus on? Paint me a picture of the future and, and where all of this is going in your mind, guys. What's, if we had a great next 12 months, what does the gym look like in, in early 2024? Are we, I mean, we have pretty aggressive goals this year. Um, we've, we've, we're in our second, like our, actually our full third year of exit exporting our marketing um we feel like we have that piece down we came out of covid really strong um financially um we just somehow managed it really well and um so we just bought our third round of brand new equipment so we got rid of our old stuff and brought in brand new stuff so we have every square inch of space that you could possibly have a piece of equipment without infringing on the movement piece um we feel like in our demo or in our yeah in our current you know atmosphere we're from an equipment standpoint we're one of the best around um so we are looking to increase our revenue by 30 percent um that a percentage of that a large percentage of that being membership about 10 percent of that going towards training um and we have kind of a roadmap of how we want to accomplish that um but one of our biggest restrictors that seems to be an industry-wide thing. I don't know if it's national or if it's geographical, but 
we are just totally running into labor issues as far as attracting. Um, we used to have two types of trainers uh, or attract two types of trainers. One of them would, would be that the, the younger people coming out of college, exercise science degrees, um, looking to build a resume. Um, they would last a year or two with us as they built their resume and then move on, um, you know, to a Boston market or something like that. It's a larger market. Um, or we'd have, we like to call the change of life, right? Somebody gets to 35, 40 years old, they've, they've had success in, in other industries, but they just love the fitness industry. And, and then we, we welcome both with open arms. We continue to, it just, we don't see it the same way we were before. We never had the labor issues that we have. So I would love nothing more than to find geographic places that we could open up a secondary, you know, uh, train for life. But the fear factor and the, and the thing that holds me back is that's a large investment, as you know, to without the, the guarantee of the labor to do that. And that is yeah, really- it doesn't sound like Ed can be in two places at once, huh? You don't want it in two places at once, right? Like that's just, no. you want maybe her in two places. No, no, and that's, I think that's- Yeah, we got to clone Anne Marie. That's yeah, we really do need to clone Anne Marie. Any Anne Marie's out there, I want to go. Um, but that's, that's our biggest, that's our biggest, like our, our goals are, are in our map to get there are pretty much right in front of us. And I think we have a really good strategy to do that. Um, my concern really is, you know, how do I find, how do I find the next Amory? How do I, you know, that just doesn't seem like it used to be the traditional way of getting, um, labor just isn't there like it used to. Yeah. I think, uh, and, and there's any number of factors as to why that is, but I think COVID was a big piece of that. Some. Oh no, we lost you. Somebody that had one foot in the fitness industry and thinking about how they could move on to another industry. We, I, I lost connection here for a moment, but oh, I good, think good. We got you now. <laughs> from, a, from a staffing perspective, so many people who were who were one foot in, one foot out, maybe part time in the industry, or they were thinking about doing something else. COVID came, they made their exit, and now the labor pool is so so shallow. Everybody that I talk to is looking for more and better trainers, more and better desk staff, more and better assistant GMs, GMs, whatever right. the position is. It's it's a challenge that as an industry we're going to have to solve. I think at the heart of it, this is my opinion, take it for what it's worth, at the heart of it, so many gyms that I speak to are just not swimming in extra money to be able to pay quality positions of, of, of what people are looking for. And so it is really difficult to hire but how do we do so if we don't have the budget, right? It's the, the chicken or the egg kind of a conversation at least. But aside from staffing, what do you think here in, in the, the near future could be potential challenges or potential roadblocks for you guys? Um, the only thing I can think of is, you know, um, I look at, you know, the, the gym business is not, an inelastic commodity. So if we end up in a recession or a recessive economy, um, I know our training, I've, I've been through one in 2008. Um, so I know what happens in those, like your larger ticket items tend to recede. Um, they tend to follow the percentage of the recession or recessive economy. So 
you know, that's why when we're our, our particular map for success has more to do with our membership because our membership cost is relatively low comparably to our training. Um, so that could be that could be one of the hindrances as far as like us potentially reaching our goal, our, our revenue goal. Um, and I also think that and I think this is going to be an industry standard, but, you know, you're going to it's going to inhibit either reinvestment back into your business or new gyms start up because of interest rates on like, for example, like when, so we, we, we lease from life fitness and a couple other uh, life fitness, obviously being the largest in the industry. Um, but their, but their lease rates post COVID and their um, requirements post COVID were so restrictive. Um, they've loosened up quite, quite a bit since, but I still think you're looking down the barrel of some pretty significant interest rates, which are going to be prohibitive guys like me that have been in the business for 20 plus years. Like we've had level success rates. So we get looked at by some of these uh, equipment companies and finance, finance companies a little bit differently. But if it was me as a, I'm coming in as a startup, they're not leasing the equipment. There's no way. Or I'm nope. 80% down. And if I have 80% put yeah. down, I'm, I might as well just buy the equipment. So and I banks think aren't handing out loans either. No, and I think it's going to be. I, I do. I think we're going to be in a little bit of a five-year cycle. That's just an economic prediction. I am not an economist, but but, um, but I play one on TV. Um, I just I I I talk to a lot of people, um, just because I'm always looking at that. Like, what's our what's our next year window look like? What's our three-year window look like? What's our five-year window look like? You know. And my concern isn't necessarily the next. 12 months, although I do think we'll have some indicators. Um, I'm really looking at the next three to five years. Um, what to what level of reinvestment are we going to do? Uh, we've already had a huge cap reinvestment in the last 24 months. Um, so realistically, we're in good shape. We could ride that for the next five years without too much. Do um, we want to? <laughs> but, but realistically, what we do is I, I set up my budget so that when a piece of equipment has work the work the amount of work that's being done on that piece of equipment exceeds what the what the resale value of that's going to be then i sell the equipment mm. it's just it just makes financial sense for me to go out and say yeah. okay i just spent two thousand dollars fitting fixing that treadmill last year i could just get another treadmill we could just get you a know, new treadmill. Sure. i'll just get a four thousand dollar treadmill because that makes sense because it's going to take two years for that to get back so it's just a it's a revolving thing and again i might sound like i'm i know what i'm doing this took me years to figure that's, out all of this stuff you know that's the nature I, of the beast in the space that we're in at least yeah exactly is that you learn through every i tell everyone i was like the first 15 years i made every mistake trial and error it's usually a lot more error than trial yeah, at least exactly so yeah that's a that's a that's a fitness industry analogy in a nutshell right there ed and marie that's a great place for us to start to wrap our conversation up but i want to save a few minutes here for you guys to tell people where they can learn more about train for life what's the best website what are the social media links how can people find you guys want to do that sure. step up get them <laughs> is trainforlife.club um, with the number four and our social media is training for life fitness on instagram straightforward and simple connect with Anne marie and ed and the train for life team guys this has been awesome i really appreciate 
talking shop and exploring businesses like this behind the scenes. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you because it sounds like we we still have some some cards to be played here. So it's all the time we have, but I appreciate you and I wish you guys nothing but the best. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.